Quigley in five, underwater in the yellow lane. Jess Carling of Great Britain. Quigley goes through. The silver to Jess Carling. Wonderful silver medal for Great Britain. Welcome to the Honest Athletes podcast with Lauren Quigley and Jazz Carlin. Episode two. Welcome back, Jazz. We are ready to go. We've got a great topic for today's podcast. But just before we start, I'd love to just say thank you, really, to everyone that listened to episode one and has come back for episode two. We, uh, we really appreciate it and we hope that you enjoy future episodes. And yeah, today's episode is going to be life after sport life after professional sport, decisions to finish sport, to finish swimming, just cover the, the topics around surrounding that because it's a really, it's a tough time for every single swimmer or athlete to go through and to, to decide to finish and to, to give up something you've probably done most of your life. And so I'm going to just go straight in with Jazz here and just ask Jazz, why why did you decide to retire or quit? Yeah, I think it's funny because when you speak to everyone, say away from swimming or sport, and you say, oh yeah, I retired from swimming at 28. And they're like, you retired? Because <laughs> it's like, retired is normally seen as, I don't know, you retire from work. Um, and it's at that older age. And so when you say, oh, I retired at 28, everyone's like, but that's so young <laughs> or they don't quite understand <laughs> yeah. what retiring from sport is. But that's the term that we use in uh, competitive sport to say, I guess, giving up, stopping, um, finishing. But uh, yeah, but I retired. Just to, sorry, Jazz, just to quickly interject. Um, and I'm not asking you to answer this question, but it's just a question for everyone listening and something that I've thought about. And I'm sure you have. It's, People use different words, quit, retire, gave up. And it, it's interesting because what, what qualifies people to be able to say they retired or for people to not feel like they can say retired? You know, that's always a really interesting topic that I battle with in my head. But please continue. I'm, I apologise for interjecting <laughs> there. Just I <laughs> Yeah, I think retired, finish, stop. I don't like the word give up. I don't like that saying when people say, oh, I'm giving up. I don't really like that because I feel like you've actually dedicated a lot of time, a lot of effort and a lot of energy to something. And you're not giving up. You've given an amazing go and you're actually moving on to a new chapter, a new start. So I really don't like the word giving up. But um, so retired, I guess, is just a bit softer or stopping or finishing um, because I think just moving on to a new chapter, I guess. Yeah, for me, uh, well, retiring at the age, the ripe old age of 28, um, it was seen as, I guess, in swimming terms, 28 is seen as on the older end. Um, Not so much now. I think people are actually seem to be looking after their bodies, listening to older athletes, and they're actually learning a lot more about how to lengthen people's career and doing the things inside and outside of the pool to make people's careers even longer. But after Rio coming away with two silvers in the 400 and 800 metres, I really wanted to give open water a go. So I kind of had a bit of a transition into trying a few open water races and raced at quite a few World Cups and the European Championships. And I guess for me, I really wanted to try open water. It was something that I'd wanted to give a go and 
I wanted to stop the sport or walk away from the sport knowing that I'd actually given it a, sh- a shot. Everyone had always said to me, your turns are awful. They're not great. <laughs> so I guess swimming for two hours with no turns and open water is actually, um, I guess, suited me maybe a bit more. But going from swimming for four minutes and eight minutes in the pool to swimming for two hours and all that kind of stuff. But it was a big transition for me, but it was definitely something that I wanted to try and give a go. For me, I actually loved, well, I love it now, open water swimming. I love it Um, being outside and the distance actually doing 10 kilometers didn't actually bother me. It was more so the fact that I really struggled swimming in a pack. Someone tapping your toes for two hours, um, elbows in the ribs, punches, all kinds of stuff, which the physical side didn't really suit me. But I really wanted to give it a go and um managed to come away with a few few events and performed okay but everyone kept saying you'll learn every single race um but in 2018 I went to a world cup and it was in China and that was actually it turns out that it was my final swim but you arrive at the competition like a few days before to check out the venue and all that kind of stuff deal with a bit of jet lag and arrived in China and um I must have eaten something. Didn't go down well. Um, had a very ups- upset stomach. And this was obviously two days before I'm due to swim a 10 kilometer swim. It was in the September, so very early on in the season. And I was like, felt very weak, but I thought, you know what? I'm here. I may as well give it a go. And um, obviously, it's not nice having a sickness bug. Um, not comfortable at all, but um, what else was I going to do in, in China? There wasn't much else to do, but we, yeah, raced, I raced and um, I got it to about halfway through. I think it was 5k and I actually had to hold my hand up and say, um, oh, I, I can't carry on. My stomach was cramping. I didn't feel, I felt like I had no energy and I kind of finished that day and I think for me, that was like the light bulb moment where it was like, I've had enough. Like, I, I don't want to, I didn't want to keep going through it. I felt like, I felt like I'd achieved everything I'd wanted to in the sport. And what more could the sport bring to me or give to me? And I just felt ready. I think just that moment. And when I thought I'm away, um, I'm not doing very well. I'm not well. I can't finish my race. Like I've I've got a sickness bug and the thought of actually being able to do another two years of training and would I be able to learn the sport so quickly um in two years and for me it was just like ping like and I felt like I was done um which for me it actually felt like quite a nice decision I mean it was a light bulb moment and don't get me wrong it took me a few weeks to kind of come to terms with it and to actually think oh am I am I um but that was the moment when I thought you know what, I, I want to be healthy. I want to have a bit more of a life. And, um, yeah, that was for me, probably the, the kind of turning moment for me that I was like, I'm ready for a new chapter, a new life. But I guess for some, yeah, for some people, they don't have the choice. So for me, I was very lucky to actually feel like I was in control of that decision. Um, what about you Quigley? How did you come to your decision about it all? Well, I, I'll, I will get to me in a minute, but I've, I've, I'm sure the people listening have a lot of questions just from listening to that story. Um, and one that jumps to mind for me is, that I'd love to ask you, is did you feel like 
you had retired maybe before that because obviously you you sort of retired from the pool and then you went into open water and I don't mean retired before that I mean was there a part of you that had retired going from one event to the other um and and what what was that like because I didn't do that I didn't sort of switch to open water or anything like that and I know a lot of people do and so it's really interesting for me to understand or to just listen to you on how you actually felt going into open water, were you still like in full athlete Olympics, you know, that kind of mode, or were you like, this is fun and I enjoy this because it's not the pool and, and I don't mind too much on how I do. Does, does that make sense? I don't know. Am I making- yeah, that makes sense. I think for me, I guess my life, training wise didn't really change that much I was still doing hours and hours of training in the pool I was still doing all the stuff on land I still had all those kind of bits um that I would normally be doing as a full-time athlete I guess did a part of me after winning two silver medals in Rio think oh I've achieved everything I've wanted to of course Mm -hmm. because that was Rio was in the back of my mind for a long time especially after missing out on the London Olympics Rio was in the back of my mind and it kind of felt like the end goal um to try and look to then think oh another four years that just wasn't in my mind so yeah I guess a part of me did think I'd achieved that in the pool and I was content I was happy that I had come away with two silver medals And yeah, I guess it did give me that opportunity and a bit of time to think, oh, I can try out open water. But in terms of the actual lifestyle, still committing myself to doing lots of hours of training, I would do 12 kilometer sessions in the open water facility near me. So I was still doing a lot of training and still living that athlete lifestyle. It wasn't like I'd switched off from that. But I guess in terms of the pool, yeah, I'd achieved everything I'd wanted to. So it kind of felt like... um, the pool stuff it was the right time and uh yeah one managed to win a medal at every single international competition so it kind of felt like I'd achieved everything and I really do put my hands up and um applaud the athletes that go on Olympics after Olympics winning medals winning gold medals Olympics after Olympics because for me it was, I guess, because it had been in my mind and I'd waited to the age of 25 to actually go to an Olympics I guess I did have part of me that was like, oh, you can relax. I've, I've, I've done what I dreamt of as a, a youngster. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. And, and I really feel like I could just ask you questions on this for this whole podcast. Um, in terms of my retirement, finishing swimming, you know, I, I never really know what word to use. Um, I, I could have very easily retired in 2016 at the Olympic trials um, I'd got to a point, and I'm sure we'll we'll have a podcast on this, but that was a big a big point in my life where I got to a point where I hated swimming, and I'd always loved swimming, and I hated it. And I remember being at the Olympic trials and and not making the team, and everyone. It's funny because everyone who I knew on poolside, who I'd normally have a laugh with, just was ignoring me, didn't want to come over to me, didn't want to talk to me because, and it was like it felt like someone had died like no one wanted to come near me you know because they didn't know what to say and it's no one's fault you know it's just how everyone 
reacts to certain situations. And yeah, I just hated it. We're in Glasgow. I wanted to get as far away from there as possible. And I never wanted to look at a swimming pool again. And then that, that was a, a point in my career where I very easily could have retired. And um, so, yeah, I, I spent three months in my room depressed. I didn't come out of my room, nothing. And that's where a lot of people and a lot of swimmers, I think, do quit. They quit at a point where and where they hate it and they loathe it and they don't, you know, and that that could have very easily been me. Now, lucky for me, I had great family and people around me to pull me out of that and say, don't finish hating it like that. You don't want to finish like that. You know, you've you've loved it all your life. It's not it's not a journey you want to end in such a sour way and, and just get as far away from it as possible. So I came out of, out of that um, and I moved to Liverpool at a coach called Mike Roberts. And our plan was to love the sport again. It wasn't to be Olympic champion. It wasn't to be a world beater. It was just to love it again, learn to love swimming again. And I did exactly that. And my, my last race was December 2017 in Britain. And I knew it was coming and I decided before I went for the race, it was the 50 back. Uh, I raced it. I thought I was going to be dead emotional at the end. Like I thought I'd be crying. Uh, I touched the wall. Um, I actually won the race. It was a close race. Won the race, got out and just was like, yeah, like that's it. Great. Looked up at mum and dad. Like It was all good. Then I walked round the pool and I saw Hannah Miley and burst into tears. <laughs> um, and and just just realised at that moment that, you know, that was it. And, and even though I, you know, I loved, I loved it. It was, re- it was time. And for me, the, f- I never got the fire back to race. So I love swimming again, but I never got the fire back. Um, but the, the loving swimming again for me was, was such a massive win to finish on loving it. And so, yeah, that was me. That was my last race in Great Britain, racing the, the British girls. And, I then later went to Lanzarote and this is why I don't know whether to use the word, I suppose, retire. Yes. Quit. I, I don't know, because I then went to race for Parma, Parma, Mallorca, even though I was living in Lanzarote. It doesn't make sense. Don't ask why. <laughs> um, and I raced on the Spanish scene for, for a year and a half and absolutely loved it. And again, wasn't trying to be world beater, just was loving it and loving the team I was around and the coach that I had, Robin Brew and, yeah, it was just fun then. It was fun. And so I don't like, like I've said multiple times, I don't like to use the word retire. I just think in that period, I switched roles in swimming. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't the athlete anymore. I wanted to, instead of everyone lifting me up around me, I wanted to be lifting other athletes up then. Um, and again, that's where everything's come from now, the mentoring and stuff. But yeah, it was a period of like a few years for me. It, I couldn't fully let go um, because I did love it. And, and so it was just figuring out and I'm still figuring, figuring out, you know, what I'm doing and stuff like that. And I'm not saying I'm still racing. Absolutely not. No, but um, yeah, I've not, I've not, I don't think I ever will fully, you know, hundred percent quit. I'll always be in the pool and keeping fit and everything. So, and I think you're the same, but with open water. Yeah. And as we said about the word, how, what do you call it? And I've often said, and people have said, do you still swim? And I said, well, I've retired from competitive swimming because for me, I'm like, I don't think I will ever race 
a pool swimming competition or a 400 and 800 meters there's still time for me to get a best time in the 100 meters breaststroke 200 meters no I'm joking <laughs> she's not um, though guys she's not yeah. <laughs> no I, I do say I've retired from competitive swimming because I'm not retired from swimming mm-hmm. I still love to swim now and that's actually a funny thing because at, even at the end of well the end of my sporting career, swimming career I had got to the point I wasn't enjoying it anymore and I was like a bit done a bit over it all and as you say I think it, swimmers athletes do go through phases and um I guess for me I had decided that I was retiring but I'd had I just I'd had enough and there was a lot of changes that happened at the Bath National Centre after the Rio Olympics so it was a lot of new staff it was a lot of changes that had like worked really well in the lead up to the Olympics. And there was just a lot going on. And I think I just felt like now's the time to live my life, enjoy myself. And I don't think I got in a pool. Well, for, I think, cause I came and joined you in Lanzarote in the January. And that was like, I hadn't swam for like three or four months. So And even then it was like slowly building back in. And I still don't think I quite had the love for it even then. And it took me probably a good year, maybe a bit longer to actually start enjoying it again. And for me, I do probably enjoy open water swimming now more than swimming in a pool, unless the pool was outside and we're in a nice warm location, sun on my back. Yeah. (laughs) But overall for me, I get more enjoyment now out of open water. I think it's mainly because... Um, I guess it being in a pool, you know, I always look at the score, like the clock to see what pace I'm going. And I would always compare to how I felt before my times, things like that, what turnaround times I'm going off. And whereas open water, even though this summer was actually probably the first summer, I think because of lockdown and everything and not being able to swim, it was actually the first time I was getting in with my friend and we would come out and we were like, what pace did we go for that four and a half kilometers? And each week we would get quite competitive about trying to do it faster and all this kind of stuff. So that was probably the first time I've actually been pushing myself and got a bit more competitive with it. But that's obviously taken a good couple of years to, uh, yeah, to get over all that. Yeah, and things things take time, you know. You in swimming, you're always it's always the next event. What's the next event? What's the next event? And I, you know, one thing I wish I'd have done was maybe take my time with things a bit more and just like, enjoy the celebration of one event and then move on. And you know, it's it's always a rush. Now, this is something I really want to listen to because I don't know this story. And my retirement, um, I, I obviously spoke to my family and, and it, we knew it was coming and it was just quite a smooth transition because it took so long over a few years. But your coach, Dave McNulty, nutty. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love nutty. And I'd, and I'd love to hear, because you said you'd love to share, to, you know, of how you told nutty or what, you know, what the discussion was like. So please take it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'd worked with Dave since 2014 and don't that will be a whole other story um our relationship and yeah how we built such a strong route we had to because at first we did not get along when I first moved we weren't getting along at all that I did not um, banging heads but But now we'll get into that another time yeah that is for a whole other time but I got back from China and I guess in my head I felt like it was done and I wanted to be able to tell him first and I felt like he was the person I wanted to talk to about it. 
And so we went and I said, can we go for a coffee um, at the University of Bath where we train, but in the sports cafe? And uh, yeah, I remember we were sat outside. It was a really nice sunny day. And um, I said, yeah, Dave, like, I just, I think I'm done. Um, And to be honest, he has always been very much with the coach that if he thinks it's the right time for someone and to hang up the goggles, then he will say to you, or we will support you. And I guess he was kind of on that journey with me with the open water, but we'd gone through Rio together. And um, even the come down of coming back from an Olympics was actually, well, again, a whole other story. And we'd gone through that kind of come down together and experienced the lows of coming off an Olympics and ex- successful Olympics. And we'd both gone through that journey together and he just supported me and said, you know, you know what's right and I'll support you through it. And he said to me, go and have a few weeks. He said, I want you to just have a few weeks to just really kind of sit on the decision, make sure it's the right one for you. And that, um, yeah, that you're ready for it and you can start kind of then planning and getting things in place. And so I was like, okay. And I didn't really get upset. I wasn't um, emotional or anything. It just felt like the right time. You know, when you just feel like you just want to chill, like I want to be healthy. I want some sleep. I don't want to be tired. I just felt like I was like, I guess like a holiday kind of. I love how you say, I love how you say, Jazz, I want to be healthy. Can you just elaborate on that? Because (laughs) I mean, I, I suppose I understand as an athlete, you put yourself through you know stress every single day your body physical mental stress is that what you mean like just you just want to chill out and have a bit more of like a yeah that year well in 2018 I actually got back from the Commonwealth Games and I had pneumonia so I was in hospital really unwell and a lot of my career actually struggled with quite a few different illnesses glandular fever a lot of tonsillitis and different things and illness over injury I didn't really have many injuries in my career but the illness was something that I guess being a distance athlete I was ill quite a lot so you know when you just feel like you just want to be healthy and um not ill and all that kind of thing so that was me like the healthy side of it um so David said oh have a few weeks um he said I'll let the head coaches and people know like the uh, British women will let them know just so they know but I'll obviously say to them that you've got uh, a few we want to have you to have a few weeks to just like confirm the decision and I hadn't I don't even think I told my mum and dad at this point so I got home and then I think I told my mum and dad then and then it was like then I guess have a bit of time and then start to tell close friends and other family and things like that or come to terms with the decision um, and then the next morning I actually had a phone call from my agent who looks after events and sponsorship and things like that and he said jazz like I've just had a phone call from the British Women media office that you're retiring what is going on and like obviously I hadn't had any time oh, to God. well I'd only told my mum and dad and Dave they were the only people that I'd told That's awful. And, um yeah so I guess the British women hadn't quite got the message that I was waiting a few right. weeks just to completely decide <laughs> whether I wanted to carry on or if that was the right decision. But um, British women, like the meet, they wanted to know when I was going to announce it and all this kind of stuff. And obviously I hadn't even got my head around it all and being ready to even tell people. And then it kind of got out to other people before I was ready to tell people. But, you know, that was just one of those things. And we did still, they did still allow me to have a few weeks 
um, to come to terms with it myself. But again, I think the first two, three weeks, it kind of, again, probably just felt like a holiday. It felt like, oh, a bit of time off um, and a bit of a luxury because done training for years and years and years put your feet up enjoy yourself have a few late nights that you don't normally have you know all those kinds of things eat a pizza eat all the junk food and so it felt like that and I think it was only then I guess that it start well that I started to find it a bit more difficult and some other things um but yeah I think that whole um telling people and I don't know it's like weird that you tell people oh, I'm not swimming anymore or um actually saying to people that I'm retiring from sport or things like that and being able to come to terms with it yourself but being able to tell everyone else I think was difficult too what about you how did you find telling everyone or telling people that you were retiring um it's 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 a funny one really because my last I did a live stream um on the quickly sport Instagram with my brother uh it's called the call room and we we went into a bit of my career on that and everything and a lot of my career I think I obviously did it for myself but a lot of my career I did it I think for my family in a way to make them proud and stuff like that and so I found it difficult to actually say it to family at a certain point just because I felt like I was letting them down and because you know you've said you finished at 28 well I was not 28 I was really young, 21, 22 maybe. And so it was was difficult to have that conversation in terms of I felt like I'd failed in in a way just because I was so young and, and, you know, the potential was was there, I suppose. And, you know, I was doing it not only for myself. And so that was difficult, but my family were nothing but supportive. They wanted to obviously, like Dave said to you, just make sure take a couple of weeks just to see how you feel they they obviously wanted to make sure that I was happy with the decision and it was the right one and just they were just supportive and so it wasn't it wasn't difficult after the first initial conversations really and to be honest outside of my family and my close friends it doesn't really matter what anyone thinks and I think you know once they knew it was all good really and I was just ready to crack on crack on with what I had no idea and we're going to obviously go into (laughs) that now but um, (laughs) but uh but yeah it was like then right what's the next phase what what's the plan sort of thing and I I think think sometimes yeah you can build up you can build up I guess telling your family or it feels like a big but at the end of the day all your family and friends want to do is support you but at the time it's like oh yeah. and I I knew deep down like my family's going to support me but it still felt like a big deal telling them that I wasn't going to be swimming anymore it still felt like quite a big um well I guess accepting it myself and coming out and telling everyone everyone else as well yeah of course and I think retiring quitting whatever you call it it's I think it's important through an athlete's career, and I wanted to highlight this today, to to remind young athletes and anyone going through the sport or any sport that that sport is not you, it's something that you do. Because then I know that we both maybe struggled with it or I think every single athlete has to deal with the loss of identity 
when you finish his sport in some terms some people do really well with it but some people really struggle with it and it's through your whole career I think being reminded this is something you do when you're great at but it isn't you so that when you do come to the to the time when it's time to finish it's not like right okay well I'm nothing now because I don't have this sport anymore it's like sweet swimming's done what's next Lauren's still here you know Lauren's still still cracking on like I just said with what I don't know but it's just (laughs) on to the next thing and it's not all it's not over you know I had friends who teammates who finished young in swimming and so at school they weren't the swimmer anymore and they'd say to me oh I'm not the swimmer I'm just another one of you know the students at the school and it's like you need to you need to remember that you aren't you aren't just the swimmer you're you and then you just go and swim um and so it's it's important you know through through a career that that's highlighted and so i just i'd love to hear now how the transition from finishing swimming and what that was like for you because i'm sure like everyone you went through phases of thinking different things and lots of changes happen you know mental physical and you mentioned to me yesterday the whole bubble that you're in, the swimming bubble, the teammates that you see every single day, all of a sudden you don't see them. And so what was that like for you? Yeah, and even as you said, it's finding your identity. It's actually, I find it very difficult. And I think that's why a lot of athletes and things find it difficult is because your life is dedicated to to a a lot of your life is dedicated to sport and I guess from talking from an elite level when you make it to the elite side of things and you have to sign a contract to say you won't do dangerous sports and basically your life you are wrapped in like bubble wrap and you are made to perform at the international level and to um that is I guess your life, your life is revolved around getting the most out of you in the pool, in the gym, on land, but ultimately it's to win medals and to be at your best at those competitions. Just to quickly interject, Giles, did you go to Sierra Nevada? I'm presuming that you did. Yes. So you would, we were at altitude training camp, just from what you've just said, we had to sign something that said we wouldn't do dangerous sports. So we're all up the mountain, looking out the window, watching everyone ski, have a great time, <laughs> wishing we were able to go on the ski slope, but not allowed. Um, and that's what you're talking about. But please carry on. Sorry to interject. Go yeah, on. I say dangerous sports. It's just like, I don't know, going on a jet ski or going skiing, those yeah. kinds of things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do dedicate your life. And it is like I, I lived it. I breathed it. That was the goal. And at some stages, for me in particular, the turning point after missing out on the London Olympics. And as we said about you with Rio, I went through a very similar dark, dark phase for a few months after missing out on the London Olympics. And again, it took me a few months of not struggling to get out of bed, not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to do anything, not wanting to look at a pool and had enough of the sport. And then I did get back in. But once I did get back in, I became quite like OCD and a bit over the top with everything in terms of I've expected perfection from myself. And that's from in training, always doing extra, doing more. My times, I would never be happy with. I'd do a really great session. 
And I'd be always thinking that should have been better. That should have been quicker. That should have been faster. Um, in terms of like the food and certain things, like sometimes like I wouldn't be happy, like binging out on chocolate. And I guess like as an athlete, you do eat very healthy, but you should be able to enjoy your food as well. And yeah, I just found I was very, super critical, very tough on myself. But then on the flip side of it, would I have got the same results if I hadn't been so hard on myself and pushed myself to the limits? I guess it's, it's very difficult to say. But when you dedicate your whole life, your thoughts is is all about wanting to go to Rio and not miss out like I did in London. It does take up a lot of your time, energy and your mind. And so when I guess stepping away from sport and again, the identity, we, we did speak about it on the last episode about I've always found it very difficult to tell people that I swim or that I've swam or that I've gone on to Olympics or Europeans come up games to talk to people. I've always found it quite difficult. And so I guess stepping away and being able to find what do I actually enjoy doing? What, what do I like Um, away from that? I've just dedicated my life to go to the Olympics. And luckily for me, I guess it's nice that I can say I did achieve my dreams not that it made it any easier coming down after the Olympics, but um, I think, yeah, what do I like doing? I I was sat down and I was like, well, what do I enjoy? What things do I like? And I think that was probably one of the biggest things. And again, a sport, swimming 25 hours a week, gym, four or five hours a week, physio, all those kinds of bits. You find yourself, you've got a lot of time. And what t- what do I want to fill my time with? What what's going to make me happy and enjoy myself and things like that. I think that was a very big thing. And yeah, we said about it, you are in a bit of a bubble um, every single day. You you swim normally twice a day um, on top of that gym and you're surrounded by a group of athletes, your team that you work with. um, And that's from physios to sports science, but also all the athletes that are on the same journey with you. And I guess at times you do take it for granted that even though you're all there on the same journey, it's actual social interaction. Every single day you turn up and you have a bit of fun in the pool as well. Obviously a lot of hard work, but you've always got that social interaction. You're talking to each other. You've got people around you asking how you are, checking in. Um, And it's like your own social bubble. And so stepping away and then, I don't know, you do find it quite difficult. And for me, it was like, oh, not hearing from people and it's not that I did the sport for recognition but sometimes it would be nice from like the people above and um to actually say oh thanks for everything you've given for the sport and that should that should be at any level in my opinion because um everyone's like career and what they've given to the sport I think should be celebrated and so at times it can feel like once you're I guess not performing not winning medals and that kind of stuff that you're off that convey about and people aren't as interested in what you're up to how you are and I think that's quite difficult you go from being in such a bubble of people supporting you to do everything um, just to help you improve by the most smallest margins but then to step away and people didn't want to know how I was people didn't want to (laughs) ask I was feeling and all that kind of stuff and that was actually quite difficult to take did you get any of that at all? Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. And 
you know, agree 100%. I think it's really interesting coming from you, an Olympic silver medalist, who feel like they didn't get, you know, the support that, you know, and you've just said at any level you should get that support. But it's, you know, a lot of people think that the guys right at the top are getting all the support and everyone below is not getting anything. And it's it's really eye-opening to listen to and to hear that actually all the way through, maybe when people finish, there isn't that support. And I definitely didn't get that support. I didn't even get... Um, an email, a call, just to say, you know, well done on your career. And, you know, yeah. I hope you have a great whatever you do afterwards. And if you need us, then please get in touch. And, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. But the sooner you realise that it is a conveyor belt, that's how it feels, that's what it is, the better, really. And if you have supportive people around you, away from national governing bodies and people like that, then it's you're very lucky because some people probably really need that support and don't get it. And, and that's, that's a problem then. And so, you know, it, I think it needs to change. I think there needs to be more support when people decide to finish because it is everything. It's your life. It's your absolute life. It takes up everything, your whole mind and everything. And I think to then finish that is you can be in a in a very vulnerable situation that a lot of athletes need support. And just touching on my own experience mentally since finishing swimming, I, at times, you know, I've gone from feeling really proud of what I did to resenting the sport because there isn't that support. And sometimes you do until up until quickly sport, especially I'd be like, well, what's swimming actually given me? Great. I can say that I got medals here and there. And, you know, what What do I do now? It doesn't, I don't have a degree from it. it. I don't have a piece of paper that will qualify me for this job or that job. So you are, you're vulnerable. You're, you can feel lost. You can feel confused, unsure. You know, all these emotions that hit you all at once or through the period of finishing, and like I said, up until Quigley Sport, there was times I really resented swimming and thought I've swam uh, 10 times a week, uh, gym on top, you know, all the stuff, the nutrition, everything. And what have I got from it? And you have got things from it, but sometimes it's hard to see what those things are for sure. It is. Um, Jazz is looking at me and laughing because I think she probably understands or, you know, gets it but go on jazz what are you gonna say it is funny when you say like you don't walk away with a degree of sport because it's true and people do do try and study and come away with a degree as well and i have my hat those people that's after those people manage it all because it is tough but again like i've known friends teammates that have walked away from the sport um, and been very successful in the sport with degrees as well and tried to go into jobs at like 28, 29. And because they don't have any experience in their field with the degree, they, um, they've really struggled to get a job. And it's like, they've been to Olympics, they've won medals internationally, but because they don't have experience in their degree or what they want to do, that people are turning them down. And it is so true that 
being able to find yourself and yeah you don't you don't come away with a certificate to say oh I've achieved this in sport and this is me um you can obviously tell people and you can talk about it but yeah I haven't worked in certain field for x amount of years I've been swimming I've been training I've dedicated my life which again shows a lot of dedication and motivation and all those determination and all those kinds of things but I haven't been in a job or been in a role for x amount of time experience and people are like oh how many years experience or we're looking for someone in with an experienced role well I'm 30 years old now and like I've had a couple of jobs here and there along the way I did some work for swim Wales when I was younger in the office for competitions just to try and like get through and obviously support my training so I used to do a bit of work there in the office and um, but in terms of like having a proper job or an official title, yeah, a lot of swimmers and athletes will walk away and they don't have experience in certain fields. And even though, yeah, they might have a degree or all the academia, they don't have the experience. And that can be quite hard. And that transition from being an athlete into a career, I think there does need to be more support and more help available because it can be quite a daunting feeling and um, you're quite lucky if you manage to make it onto UK sport funding then normally they do um, you can apply for it and they do allow you to have three months of funding um, once you've retired so that can actually if you are lucky enough to be on funding that can actually support you to give you the opportunity to try and look for work in other areas but I completely get it because again not everyone has that opportunity and to then go out and try and find work or um again find in the field that you enjoy that you like and that you're passionate about when you've spent your whole life dedicating it to a sport and something that you love it's quite difficult to then step away and find yourself in a new role and for for people to want to have you on board when you don't have experience in that field yeah and i i like to put it across and think of it in a way and i've I've said this to a few people, I might have even said it on Quigley Sport, it's if you study something, you know, if someone studied something for 15 plus years, like you do as an athlete in your own sport, you'd be, what What would you be considered as? I don't know, a genius in it? Like, a, you know, <laughs> you know, if I'm studying maths for 15 plus years, I'm going I to love be pretty good at maths. There you go. Jazz loves math. You see, you learn new things every day. But yeah, if, if you study something for that long, you know, you're considered, you know, really high up in that field. And so we've studied a sport for so long. And like you say, you don't get anything that, that I don't know, gives you a step forward or lifts you up. And I think that's why the athlete mentoring that we're doing is so important because that's 15 plus years of going through, actually going through something and learning about it every single day that, you know, all that knowledge and stuff that you've learned from your own experiences that you can now put into someone else is just so important and, and great and just a positive thing. Um We've talked about the mental side of things a lot and the bubble of teammates and, you know, you are around people every day and it's it's a wake-up call when you're not forced to be around people and, you know, you don't have that camaraderie or that banter, as people call it, every single day, and that's tough. But what about the physical side of things, the body changes? Um, what, what, what have you experienced with that since retiring? 
yeah, for me, I've spoken about it quite a lot and I do try and talk about it all the time because I think it's a really important subject and something that we should be able to talk about and talk about it quite comfortably. But I guess being an athlete, I was used to seeing my body a certain way and being a distance athlete, very lean. Obviously, being in training and being part of um, the the team, normally we would have like a training weight and a race weight and we knew where you had to be at certain points in the season to get you ready to be at your best for racing. And for me, I didn't have a problem with my weight or that was never something that was a huge issue for me. I used to race at a certain weight and I was naturally quite lean as an athlete. And um, yeah, I guess when step away and I love food, I still tell just me enjoy about it, sister. <laughs> <laughs> and I think probably the hardest thing is when I was training, a lot of it is about getting in enough food. So it's eating big portions and it's not always about having a lot of like nice food or flavorsome food. It's about getting in enough fuel that is going to make you better for the next training session or that's going to help you recover from the session that you've just had. So been very used to very big portions and yeah, love food. And, and I guess at times, yeah, maybe after retiring it's like food you can enjoy that and it's like oh I've got this luxury I can enjoy food and maybe emotionally a bit eating at times thinking oh god like my life's changed and all that kind of stuff and not really drinking much as an athlete and coming away and enjoying a few glasses of wine here and there so complete lifestyle change and also I didn't really want to do any exercise I didn't have I've been told for years and years this is your weekly plan. This is where you've got to be. Exercise was just part of my week. It was just part of what I did. Um, it wasn't because I, well, I would guess I was choosing to be an athlete. I was choosing to do it, but it's just something I did. It's not something that I would go out of my way to, oh, I'm going to go and do this today or that. Um, that was just part of my routine. That's what I did to be the best athlete I could be. So then stepping away and actually thinking, oh, I've actually to exercise like when I'm in charge of it I've got to be in charge of when I'm exercising what I'm exercising what I'm doing I actually found that balance very difficult to do exercise for enjoyment and because I wanted to and all that kind of stuff whereas before it was because that was just part of my weekly plan that was what I did for a living was sport so you kind of stepping away yeah body changes happened quite quickly um and just changed and yeah it's difficult you've been used to seeing yourself a certain way in the mirror and you think that's me that's normal that's what I like to look like that's where I'm happy all that kind of stuff so to then look in the mirror and my body shape's changed and I can't quite see the muscle and tone that I used to have in my body and um yeah eating food still like I love it and enjoy my food but it's changing. And even now, um, I think it is still something that I really have found. I feel like now I found quite a good balance between um, my exercise, my love of exercise. But again, it's still having that I'm probably eight to 10 kilos heavier on average than I was when I swam. I'm, and I'm not going to find out how much heavier I am than when I swam. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not putting a number. I don't often weigh myself now, but like, I know that that's where I sit at roughly. And I guess, yeah, my body shape is different. And 
for me, it took some time to accept that I don't have to look like I looked when I swam. I don't have to look lean and in really good shape all the time to feel good about myself and to be confident. And I completely lost my confidence in terms of like, I didn't feel good about myself. I felt insecure. I felt like my clothes, I, well, I can't get on some of my clothes. I had to go through my wardrobe and throw out a lot of clothes, shorts, didn't fit, couldn't do the buttons up, jeans, too tight. And a lot of things just felt tighter. They didn't feel comfortable. And so it's like, instead of, yeah, you're just looking in the mirror and you can see the changes, which I think you're always more critical of yourself because you'll always see the smallest things that probably someone else from the outside wouldn't always see. But when you're putting on clothes, they're too tight. They don't fit. I'm going to have to get rid of those. And I would actually get to the point where I would avoid wearing certain things. Um, I remember saying to my mum, she took a picture of me in um, my costume for, I think it was for social media or for Speedo or something. And I said, mum, just get from the hips up. I said, I didn't want like my legs and my hips in it. And I said to her, please just crop it. I didn't want her to take a picture because I felt really insecure and I felt like, I didn't want my legs and my hips in a picture. And it's quite sad, really, that I was so like insecure and not comfortable with how my new body looked. And I guess I didn't want to look like, oh, you know, put on weight after swimming and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a difficult one. And I think so many people go through it and that transition and the balance between um, food, exercise and just finding that balance and being able to accept the new you and things like that. And it's definitely something that I would love to well talk about more. I'm sure we'll do more things on body image and body confidence, but stepping away, it is a big transition, but I feel like I have now, and it's taken me like two years, what to get the balance now to actually be acceptable and to um, embrace my body for what it is now and for what it can do now. And yes, it might not be able to swim really fast in a pool but it can do a lot of other things that it never used to do before does that make sense yeah definitely and I can I'm sure so many people listening and myself included can relate to what you're talking about here and there's some great people out there that um, I follow on social media you know that that are really trying to change the game in terms of transitioning out of sport and into um just you just being you and embracing it and you know eating the things you like and eating well and not being too focused on I need to not eat that because then I'll put weight on and I won't look like I did when I swam and you know I go through my phone sometimes and I find pictures that I didn't post when I was swimming because I thought I looked fat in them and now I think whoa I'd love to be that size (laughs) it's just it's unbelievable and it's really sad you know and but yeah there's a a couple of friends uh, Rebecca Guy who I used to train with she's in the nutrition world and she's she's really trying to change the way even whilst people are swimming um the way people look at nutrition and athletes and stuff like that and it's great um another friend Charlotte um who's doing a fantastic job and i've got a message here that that relates to what you've just been talking about and it says uh, this is from charlotte it says i see so many athletes who leave sport and then struggle with stuff like appetite and body weight because they're used to having huge energy requirements and and it's so true it's you go from eating loads and and fueling your body and not really thinking about calories and you know how many calories is in this or that it's literally 
what's good for me to get in my body so that the next session I can train well, like you've just said. And you go from that to, right, what you, you sort of sometimes you think, well, what can I eat? I can't eat that. And and it's, it is finding that balance. And again, it's patience and, and with you, it takes a long time. And I'm, you know, I'm not, if I'm honest, honest athletes, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm still trying to find a balance and, between exercise and and nutrition and what I eat and and all that sort of stuff so it's it's about just embracing who you are outside of the sport and being patient with yourself and yes at times you'll get frustrated and you'll be down about it the way you look and you go through different phases you know like you do mentally and it's just about talking about those things as well you know us opening up now is great for me to talk to you about and hopefully people listening are, are you know getting some some benefit from it as well um but yeah it's it's a change it's a change you know of course it's going to change you going from over 20 plus hours of sport a week to you know whatever you choose to do and whatever your routine allows and so, yeah, it's just about being kind and being patient, I think, to yourself, really. I think that's the important thing. And even one of my friends, one of my best friends that I grew up with when I was younger, and when I was going through that whole kind of transition and body image things, and she said to me, when you wake up in the morning or when you look in the mirror, she said, make sure you leave um, and just say one positive thing, like about the way you look or your body and things like that. And she'd actually just had a baby at the time. But it really stuck with me that it was like, instead of looking in the mirror and always focusing, oh, I just feel a bit bigger here or don't look great and telling yourself all those negative things, just tell yourself and leave with one positive thing. Just say, oh, I'm feeling strong today or my body can do this. I can, I'm strong enough to do this. And just leave with telling yourself something positive. And um, again, it's kind of going still on topic, but for me, it was, I guess, being known as a swimmer, being able to do amazing things in the pool, which everyone is can push themselves in the pool and things like that. But for me now, especially, I really enjoy testing myself in new environments, in different things. Like I will never be as fast as I was in, in my swimming career. I'm never going to go four minutes and one second and eight minutes and 15 seconds ever again. But and anyone listening who's not a swimmer, that is absolutely unbelievable. I would have to have a bungee <laughs> attached to me and people at each end pulling me down the pool to even get uh, you that on freestyle. So, <laughs> even though I will never be able to do the things that I did in the pool and be able to swim as quick as I did, I am the strongest I've ever been in the gym. I can do the most pull-ups I, I've ever done. I've seen you doing them pull-ups on Instagram. They are <laughs> insane, Jazz. I look at that and Jeez. I go, no chance. <laughs> I celebrate I celebrate now being able to do things and my body being able to do certain things that I cycled London to Paris in 2019 and it was honestly one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And yeah, like it wasn't to see how quick I or how strong I was. It was about getting through it. But it's about yeah, like I can push myself and I can do different things. I cycled Ride London, Ride 100. So it's like trying to be able to get, well, I really enjoy getting my body to do new things, try out new things, find out new sports, new loves. And 
even though you may not be, well, you probably will not be the quickest swimmer that you've ever been anymore. You might not be able to, I naturally know some people that come back to the sport and they're quicker because they like have just got stronger in different ways, but I don't think that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> I was going to say, Jazz, if you uh, did that, I tell you what, I'll be so <laughs> But just try out new things and experience different things. And for me, I've got very much into the gym, into cycling. I know you have too, Quigley. Yeah. And I, I definitely, well, dabble with running. I don't really enjoy it at times, but it's something that I do want to kind of enjoy. Um, but yeah, like find new ways to challenge you and test you. Because I think that's one thing that's quite hard is stepping away from the sport, the challenge, the competitions that you aim for, the training, being able to push yourself, challenge yourself every day. I think that leaves a massive void too. And having that focus and that drive, for me, I always find it really useful now is set myself little goals and little targets. And last year it was put off due to everything going on in 2020, but I was due to climb three peaks, do the three peaks challenge in 24 hours. And I was going to cycle Bristol to Bordeaux. And for me, it's about just doing things and seeing what my body can do now for me. And yeah, it won't be able to swim as fast, but it can do a hell of a lot and um, just embrace all the new challenges and things that you can do. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's so important to have those challenges and those goals at when you do finish, obviously allow yourself time, but just have something to focus on as well um, in terms of sport, especially if you've been an athlete all your life, you're used to those little goals and stuff like that. And they can be anything, but you know, it's, it's important to have things to look forward to and just to strive for. So yeah, that's fantastic. I'm, um, I'm aware that both you and I just come from um, a place of, and I'm going to do quotations with my fingers. So if anyone's on YouTube watching, you can see, but anyone on the podcast, that is what I'm doing. But we come from a place of success in swimming. And so we have medals and stuff like that from major games and, and which is fantastic. But there's, there's so many swimmers that, that put the same time in as that we did and works incredibly hard and obviously don't have that to fall to, to talk about or to celebrate um obviously they have their own successes and I want to be very careful with the words I use here because as you said before Jazz every single level should have support and a celebration when they decide to finish and so I think just I I, I got this message and I posted it on social media a few months ago but I think it's a great way to end this episode um, just just to get the perspective of another athlete who maybe didn't make those teams and get those medals uh, and just from their perspective they said I think it's important to let people know it's okay to feel a certain way I struggled mainly with the fact that I wasn't an Olympian or an amazing GB swimmer so when I quit I felt like I couldn't make a big deal out of it or keep talking about it you kind of just have to quietly accept it and move on. And I always feel a void like something is missing. And so I think it's important. And I know that Jazz and I both want to make a real point of saying no matter how, what medals you got or anything in, in swimming or in sport, when you do decide to finish, it is so important to celebrate it. Um, it's, it's an amazing achievement to have got up at, half four half five in the morning um you know and and to put the dedication and time into the sport 
and to give it your all. And, you know, that should be celebrated no matter if, if that's Olympic champion or, or you've just won the club champs. And so I want to make that clear. I know Jazz is wanting to say something there. Go for it. <laughs> and to me, a medal is not what defines people. Yes. Medals aren't what defines people as who they are. And yeah, like I'm very fortunate, very lucky that I've walked away from the sport and I've had many experiences and managed to stand on top of podiums and things like that and represent Wales and Great Britain. But that that doesn't define who I am as a person. And for me, I actually get more out of my swimming career looking back I get more satisfaction about how much I dedicated and challenged myself and pushed myself and um yeah again the dedication that it takes to be an athlete I think every athlete that has worked hard done those early mornings and brought like just given themselves to the sport I think you should be celebrating that and like I'm not saying it, but some people might be, yeah, they might have won medals internationally, but that doesn't make them a great person or a good person. I think what defines you is who you are as a person. And I know some swimmers, I used to know how hard they train, like they would give absolutely everything and never quite made it to maybe how much they deserve, but they were absolutely amazing people. And they would always be the ones cheering everyone on, bringing everyone else up, bringing positivity and being kind and things like that. And for me, I think it's looking back at it of all the things that you actually managed to do and how much you dedicated your life and um, all the things that you did. That is a lot more than any medal can say. Yeah. People might want to know people remember all oh, the medals, but you know, how much you dedicated your yourself and who you are as a person and I think um, it's easy to talk about medals and success and all that kind of stuff but that doesn't mean people are good people and being kind I think there's a lot to say about um, being good people and actually being able to lift people up and bring positivity and dedicate yourself and that doesn't make you any less of a person any less of a swimmer any less of an athlete and that's why I said everyone when they retire should be able to celebrate it should be able to enjoy it make the most of it and like you've dedicated a lot of time a lot of energy a lot of effort a lot of thought to the sport and so I believe that everyone should come away and be able to embrace and have that as a success and just because it might not have come out with medals and all those kinds of things that doesn't mean that it's any less successful than anyone that has medals I think it's it's definitely should be celebrated from all levels absolutely so um, anyone listening who has retired or gone through that process going by yourself uh, champagne make sure you stay social distance at the supermarket and just have a glass of champagne tonight and celebrate jazz and i'll be with you on that um I've got to be yeah. over 18 You've got to be over 18 oh, over 18 yeah sorry yeah um <laughs> sorry i'm promoting uh youngsters getting don't get drunk youngsters don't do that um but yeah no absolutely celebrate 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 i think that is a fantastic way to end this episode jazz thanks for sharing it's no. uh it's been we great. could we could talk about it all day there's so much we could um and i think we'll still touch on it on certain subjects because i think there are different things that will come over certain subjects but um yeah i think that that is a huge one and yeah again with our mentoring and things that we're doing 
if, yeah. if there is any questions or any more support that we can give in any other way, um, yeah. we're obviously free to be able to support people. Definitely. And we're hoping to bring on some, uh, there'll be some experts coming on as well that I'm sure we'll touch on different topics uh, now and again. So look out for that. Thank you to anyone listening. Find us on Instagram, The Honest Athletes. And if you have any suggestions that you'd like us to talk about, please get in touch. But on the on a ending note, cheers with my <laughs> champagne glass. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next Wednesday um, for the, the episode three of The Honest Athletes podcast. <laughs>